talk about transitions and such. Um, over a break, I just learned that I got accepted to UCSF CPE program for next year. <laughs> yeah, so that's funny timing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. Also terrified, but you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> people that you were doing your interview and hearing this, did the interview go kind of okay, good enough, or? I've learned a, a new um, situation that there wasn't 100% positive how I would respond in that particular case, mm -hmm. and they wanted to know how I would respond, and, and okay, so that will require some reflection. And it's a lot easier being present when you're responding and helping someone than mm -hmm. trying to figure out what would you do if you're trying, if you're presenting this and trying mm -hmm. to do that. So it's a lot easier being there than it is trying to theorize mm -hmm. how will you react and mm -hmm. things work out. Where was it? This was um, in Olympia, Washington, oh. which is a two-hour drive north from Portland. So it's a lot easier to commute than uh, what I would have had if I accepted the job here in San Francisco. I'll find out next week, so I'll let everyone know if I have the plan or if I'm just going to be back in limbo and enjoying life and being present in day-to-day -day life. We were discussing the fallow period before you came. I think for like when to think being dormant, but there's actually things going on under the surface. And the longer the fallow period, the better the spring. Oh, very good. If I don't hear anything, then that'll be a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Something else will spring up. Yes. 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 Okay. These are the group agreements. Try on. On new processes, ideas, perspectives, before automatically rejecting them because they are different than your experience. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone. It's okay to disagree. Disagreement is necessary part of accepting differences. It's not okay to attach or blame self for others. This can happen on a verbal or a nonverbal level. Practice self-focus. Use I statements. Pay attention to what you are feeling and thinking. Ask questions of self and other. Instead of jumping to conclusions, check out your assumptions. Notes. Giving advice is a vampire of spiritual care. You can choose to use, I prefer no feedback as code. Practice both and thinking and speaking. 
there are multiple realities of each person present. The notion of either or right, wrong, good, bad is not helpful in human relationships. It sets up a hierarchy of values. 100% responsibility. You know more than anyone what you need. Let go of all the other things you need to be doing and be present in this process. Participation looks different for everyone. Be aware of how you learn and process information. Intent V's impact. There is a difference between what we intend and what the impact is on another. It is important to accept when the impact is negative and seek to understand why without jumping to explanation or apology. Assume benevolence of intent. Maintain confidentiality. Anything said of personal nature cannot be shared without the person's permission. If you want to talk to someone about what they said, ask permission. They can say yes or, or no or maybe later. Move up, move back. Be aware of how much you are speaking. If you feel you're speaking a lot, let others speak. Ask yourselves, wait, why am I talking? If you find yourselves not, if you find yourselves not talking, Try to contribute some some thoughts. We're, we're taking these agreements with us into the mm. world. We've been doing that already, but we'll continue. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to is this on? Yeah. We're going to review what the, the different classes for the year. We'll, we'll break into groups, and then each group will take a, a two, a two months. So there'll be five groups, of, and each group will take uh, two months. And, and then they will you'll split up, and then you'll get out your notes, and you'll say, okay, well, what did happen on those two months, right, as best you can? And hopefully your, your collective memory will produce <laughs> a somewhat complete uh, presentation. And then someone in that group will present, will come back, and then someone in that group will present you, you, what you've concluded. Okay? So hopefully you've remembered to bring your, your copy of the schedule as, long as, your, as well as your notes. Okay. Yes. Can I tell you, I just got a text from Juliana, and it's her dog that's sick, not her mom. It was her dog? Yeah. Oh. So, and she totally saw how you could have misinterpreted something. Oh, good. No worries. But it changes the energy. So you can send good vibes to her dog, too. Oh. Mm. 
the message that she sent to me, she said her mom was in the ER and then she was discharged. But I must have, I, I mean, I read it at 4.30 this morning, so. <laughs> oh, great, great. Okay, thank you. Okay. We also have them, want them to do something else in the group? Remember the email we talked about? No. It's on the schedule. Then I will read the schedule. Uh, oh, yes. I didn't read the schedule. It says, and for the year, uh, come up with one thing that worked well and one thing that you thought could be improved. Okay? So each group can discuss that, and then we'll come together and we'll discuss that as a whole group. So what we'll do is we'll count off to five, and then you, you, that will designate your group, your group number. And then when you get into your group, we'll, we'll just check that each group has the two schedules and has the notes for them. Okay? You want to start, Steph? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, And then, so each group will take two months. That's the way we do. Okay? One is September, October. Yeah, exactly. Okay, one is September, October, then November, December is two, and then January, February. And if there's more, if there's more than one person who missed a particular month in your group, maybe one of you should move to another group to kind of see if you can change. But if, you're all missed, if one of you has missed the same day, only one missed one day, it's okay. You'll learn from okay. the others in the group. So let's do this. When, go ahead. A clarifying question. Yeah. Thank you. Um, just would be helpful, at least for me, in terms of the f- how much time we're going to have for the conversation about the two months, and then if there should be any particular focus of our conversation about the two months. So what are, like, say, would it be our greatest learnings from those two months? Or, you know, is it just a um, general conversation? That, it, yeah. It's a review of what happened in that month. So when you say what happened in that month, you mean the class itself? I mean the class content. Oh, the class content. Yes. Okay, so that helps. So you're repeating back to the whole group. Oh, and then in January, the top, the... The parami was this, mm-hmm. and then we did this, and then we did this, and then we did this. Okay, okay. Okay? The class itself. Okay, great. And how much time? How much time? Um, about 20 minutes. Not enough? Um, okay, 30 minutes. Okay? And then, then I'll check with you, and if that doesn't seem like you're done, we'll, we'll go longer. Okay, so if you want to, if one, two, three, four, five, okay, so four will be up on the stage. Okay, four, five are up on the stage. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, five, four on the stage.
Christina's going to write down what people say about the program, so we have record. Great. I wasn't counting on having to go first. Well, September, October? Yeah. No, okay. I just... I was thinking... I'm just going to listen to what somebody else says, and then I'll do the same kind of thing. Uh, so, um, should I just go th- kind of through the agenda and the comments we made about it? Or? Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right, well, September... Um, was the Parmi generosity? So we, we were confused. We have notes. Each of us has yes. notes that the Parmi was generosity both yeah, September and October. October. But, um, there was no particular Parmi except for compassion. Except compassion, which holds them all. Okay. I think we're missing a, a Parmi, but that's beside the point. Um, so so I, I think the things that um, that really stuck out for us now... I'm mixed up between what we did on September and October. Um, so September was really, it was, it was going through, like, what does it mean to be a chaplain? Uh, kind of some preliminary stuff about, like, what's going to happen when you walk into the room? Um, etymology of, of chaplaincy. Um, our, our role um, in the... Uh, in, in the set of relationships around the, the different kinds of care people will be receiving, um, kind of the structure of of chaplaincy and and how it's it's kind of a new practice, and so and it's it's being modernized with this ideas of assessment, treatment, and outcomes. Um, we talked about the kind of competencies that we would develop in the the class, so how there's this personal, interpersonal, and religious competencies, and so there would be different aspects. Um, we did, um, if you'll recall, we did that exercise with the the Brahma Viharas, where we sat across from each other um, in in meditation and went through compassion and um, goodwill and and um, joy and uh, um, equanimity. So I think, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Um, those are kind of the high points for September. So, do October. Thank you. October was actually October 12th. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Today's the twelfth. Um, we the, the the focus was on uh, the perfection of generosity, which the stage was set in September, but we really um, zeroed or kind of shined the light on perfection of generosity with uh, wonderful talks by Paul and Gill. And then we had this exercise uh, about what challenges your generosity, and. Um, I, I actually really remember that experience and wrote it down in my um, in my book, 
we broke into little uh, into little dyads for that. And then Christina introduced us to prayer, which everybody in our little group said was incredibly helpful. Um, what are the different types of prayer? Um, what you know? How prayer can be supportive? Um, when do you offer prayer um, to the people that you're you're serving? Um, yeah, so that that was really powerful. And then we had the opportunity to write a prayer as one of our activities. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was very cool. Oh, and then one of the things that um, came up for me was prayer can also be a pause in a moment of awe and wonder. I don't know who said that. Maybe Christina said that, but I wrote it down. (laughs) And um, that, you know, a prayer can be something that happens just as we're walking down the street or on a hike. Um, There's penitence. I can never say that word right. Penitence? Penitence, like atonement, amends. There's extemporaneous prayer. There's oblation prayer, which is a self-offering. Um, and what, you know, how you approach prayer when you're asked in an emergency, like if you're in an emergency room, um, and how you always ask, um, you know, how, um, I, I can't find my note on that, but sometimes people will say, I would like the Art Father, the Lord's Prayer, but uh, sometimes people um, don't have that as a, as a guiding prayer, so they want you to offer a prayer. So you can, you can ask some questions so that you can be responsive to their needs. Um, and touch can be important, but it's really important to ask first and to observe the nurses to see how they interact with the patient. And this is when we, we decided that that, that kind of idea of attunement first maybe first surfaced for a lot of us, the importance of attunement between yourself and the person you're, you're engaging with. And, um, yeah. and then there was how to establish contact and the importance of your presence, what you say, how you approach the patient, how you enter the room, if you're in a hospital or if you're, you know, say, in a prison. But uh, Paul talked about you can actually practice that, like in front of a mirror, you know, what your um, introduction is of yourself, and that it should be brief, um, but that you should be authentic and you should be comfortable um, saying it. And then we had an activity on (coughs) cultural humility and cultural curiosity that Gil offered, which was really helpful. And um, our group remembered that it's so important to check assumptions about similarities and differences and that you and the other person have assumptions. You know, we've all been conditioned to have assumptions, so it's important to always be mindful of, like, what assumptions might I be bringing to this moment and see what you can do to challenge them. Um, is that when we did... Yes, and then we did a 
triad activity of chaplain, patient, and family member was a role play, and everyone remembered how powerful it was and how hard it was. Um, like I personally myself feel like a such a different person than that that activity uh, that day. You know, I was so scared, I was so unsure. Um, so it, I really am noticing my growth by remembering back to how that activity felt that day and how important it was. <clears throat> and um, oh, and then we had an activity where a person would reveal a concern to the person playing the role of the chaplain, and then the other person would, we'd sit in silence, and the other person would compose a prayer in their head for the other person. So we did a lot of, there was a lot of interaction in, in October that was really beneficial. Um, <clears throat> and I think those are the main points. Anybody else in my group remember anything from October you want to say? And uh, oh, and the importance of speaking. We we, in my sangha we call it. um, uh, This is so funny that it's so ironic. I can't think of what the expression is. Oh, well, but anyway, just refraining how much you do speak, that it's you're there for the patient, you're there for the individual. So paying attention to your words, that you're uh, lean expression, that's what we say, lean expression, yeah. So you're there as a listener. Okay. And so, um, thank you guys for the summaries. I'm going to do the positives and constructive comments. With your permission, can I mention a few of each or just one? Okay, I'll be brief. Okay. (laughs) Here I go. Just one. Okay, so there were um, many many aspects from both of our lists, but to highlight from the positives, um, I guess I'll share... The theme then, um, one positive we like was the opportunity to really jump in. And so that includes obviously connecting as a sangha, but also diving in pretty early on into role play and small group interaction and doing some really powerful exercises together. I'll also include in that jumping in process the um, diving into exploration through writing and how fruitful that was, fruitful and sometimes challenging as well. Um, And then in terms of constructive things, I think um, to kind of dovetail on on the first category, we really enjoyed um, the interaction and opportunities to weave the threads of connection through the group and also dive in more as chaplains. So if we did even more role play, you know, as chaplains, we feel that that could be helpful. Um, and just we really enjoyed the interaction and, in general, the diversity of group activities that we did in the class, but really that interaction and chance to, to uh, you know, develop more as chaplains. And then lastly, I'll mention along those lines, we thought that it could be helpful to um, perhaps share more within the larger group or small group, um, but about our, our chaplaincy experiences that we're doing outside of the group, because um, some of us had some really, you know, powerful, challenging, healing, difficult, 
you know, all of the above experiences. And we felt that perhaps bringing that into the group to some degree could be not only um, educational, you know, for one another as we share and learn from one another, but also could be healing and really supportive and allow us to um, even better integrate our experiences and our development as chaplains. So, thanks. Great. Thank you. Okay. Can we, next group? Okay. Great. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, in November uh, was uh, Sila, the perfection of virtue, and and ethics was was the felt like to us the, the permeating topic, uh, and we also had uh, uh, Jacku uh, Kinst, and and who is and was. Uh, 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 her topic was the Buddhist approach to chaplaincy, and she was highly credentialed Buddhist chaplain. And the uh, for me, I mean, this is like the expectation that I had within it. <clears throat> and I remember, okay, here's how we're going to learn how it's done, kind of deal. And my takeaway, interestingly enough, um, I'm not sure if I have it right. So I'd, I'd love encouragement here. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But really the punchline that she invoked in me was that as Buddhists, we need to recreate every time we walk in with what we have to work with. And something essentially of that nature, which uh, delighted me and took me by surprise. And um, we had in on that day... Uh, after lunch, and that was right before lunch, our guest speaker, and we had a community formation exercise with Jennifer, and Christina did a talk on ethics of uh, ethics for chaplains. And in the afternoon, Gil did a guided meditation, and we all did our own guided meditations. <clears throat> In December, it was uh, the perfection of renunciation as well as uh, death and dying. So from November to December, if you all remember the book load, we were inundated with grief, loss, and death. And for me, shoulder surgery, recovery. And I just remember like, whoa. <laughs> it's a heavy weight. Um, but once we got here, it felt so well carried. I remember that feeling like of, it was like real profound for me to read all the heavy content books and then to not be alone in the context of, of, of our chaplaincy group. I, I felt that was uh, really brilliant, and I didn't see that coming, you know, because of course that's the nature of processing death and grief is like that quality of aloneness. So um, the uh, um, that we did dyads explore students' own experience with renunciation. And then after break, uh, Jennifer took us on the bus tour, if you all remember. She used the bus as a metaphor. And um, that was quite delightful. And then we did a small group discussion after lunch. And um, and working with loss, inviting grief into the room. Uh, Christina did a topic on, uh, a, a Dharma talk on. And um, for me, 
personally, like these two months, I remember this is when it really gelled. You know, I think it was like between uh, Jacku's uh, like not knowing thing of how to how to roll, and 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 Jennifer. I remember one time I just felt like you know I think there's pretty sure there were scenarios like what would you do if you walk into this situation a real difficult situation and it's like oh my god I wouldn't know what to do and it really the encouragement was to be um, really at peace with not knowing and at one point I think it was Jennifer that said something like this really formidable um, hypothesis hypothetical situation and it was like oh I would say I've never been here before and I'm not sure possibly how this is going to transpire you know, with with uh, with a sense of confidence of being comfortable with not knowing, and and to me that was a huge takeaway, and um, and then at the end of the day in December, and that and it kind of blurs between November December for me when when I really learned to like integrate uh, that that quality of chaplaincy, of really um, not knowing and being okay with not knowing, and also allowing space. You know, not giving advice, that's like the vampire comment, but it was like really kind of jailed for me in those two months. And, um, and then at the end of the day, Gil did the guided meditation on, on dying. Remember, we're all taking a shower and we find a lump under. Uh, and uh, um, that was life-changing for me because it, it totally came unexpected um, because of the intrinsic aversion I have to dying. And, and reading and, and projecting about dying for a month and my mortality and my, my shoulder, who knows. And then all of a sudden it was just like this ease of recognition, I guess, through the looking glass for me, you know. So it was utterly profound for me. So that's November and December. And I'll pick up on the um, taking an overview of the course. Uh, the, the one positive that we agreed on pretty quickly were the, the field trips and including the retreat. And specifically what it was about the field trips and using the prisons as an example, we were talking about at San Quentin, for example, seeing it in action. So seeing it hands-on and, and really getting an understanding by observation and participation in a real live event. Um, so that was big for all of us. And then we brought up the experience um, on the, the retreat of being with the cadavers and how that was such a strong experiential thing for for those of us that were there and we were talking about, and for those that didn't actually go in the room, how they had said when we got back to the retreat center how it was still a, an experiential um, and an important experience for them. So... In a big way, we all, all right away said the field trips and the, the retreat were absolutely strong in the experiential nature of them. And then as far as um, taking a look at what would we like to have seen more of or do differently, it was around the, the readings and then discussing the readings. And it's impossible to discuss every book or article that we read, but there were so many really rich readings that we all agreed upon would have been valuable to have been dis- to discuss somehow in the larger group setting a little bit of that and then with that we also discussed 
how wonderful it was on the retreat when we discussed the Dharmology, not the Dharmology, religious. religious history. We had that exercise on the retreat where we discussed a little bit about the paper we had written on the religious history and how powerful that was for us. And it would have been, we would have loved to have done that also maybe with the Dharmology. So sharing a little bit of the work that we did outside of this room with each other in the big group. Thank you. Thank you. So we're moving on to January, and I happen to know only one Hawaiian chant, but it does happen to be that of calling in wisdom, which is the parami for that month. So I'm going to do this short, short chant. E ho mai ka ike mai luna mai e O na mea huna o ea o na mele e E ho mai E ho mai E ho mai E ho mai ka ike mai luna mai e O una mea huna o ea ona mele e E ho mai E ho mai E ho mai It's a chant that asks to call in wisdom wisdom from above in from the heavens and wisdom from all songs Uh, so in January we discussed wisdom and uh, the things that resonated for us was um, not to assume, not to make assumptions and not to assume that you know it and that um, a big part of our gift is not knowing all the answers and being okay with that. Uh, also wisdom is insight into the nature of what is. And a question um, to get at wisdom that was asked was, where do you feel oneness? People had different answers for that. Um, Reverend Tom Harshman spoke on spiritual assessment. He talked about spiritual distress, and an example he gave was overwhelm. Spiritual need, and an example there was grief. And uh, spiritual resources, and an example he gave there was that um, our own practice grounds us and gives us the ability to do the work. He discussed different models for spiritual assessment and said something to the effect of, "You try when you choose a model, you try it out and you gauge the person's response and adjust the model if necessary. He also talked about three boxes that people can be in. Uh, one would be something to the effect of uh, don't they have better things to do? The second is uh, why is this happening to me? And the third was something like self-blame. And also we had Susan Shannon speak on prison chaplaincy and she was the first speaker that we had that spoke on cha- chaplaincy and uh, prison work rather than in a medical setting. And she's the chaplain uh, on death row. in San Quentin. Um, February was the retreat, so there's a lot there. Uh, the parami was Viria, and we 
We had different notes. We think that we focused on effort and possibly intention under that parami. There's a lot of notes on intention. Um, during the retreat, we set our intention for the rest of the class, and there were a lot of prompts and exercises that focused on self-reflection and evaluation and getting to know ourselves in order to set the direction for the rest of the course in our chaplaincy. Also, the exercises enhanced our learning and appreciation for one another and our differences. Uh, We worked on our religious history for February, and we shared that during the retreat. Uh, We examined our own religious history, and we got to hear about other people's religious history. And uh, it... For some, for most of us, and for us in the group, it cultivated an appreciation of uh, multi-faith uh, because there was definitely a reminder that most of us are Buddhist converts. So there's an aspect of multi-faith in most of our practices and having an appreciation for that. And it was useful to do the religious history at this point, um, and it, especially doing it before working on the dharmology helped kind of set the stage for that. We visited the anatomy lab. Um, The question that came up is like, where is Buddha nature? And it's not in the body. Um, The compassion around studying uh, the bodies of the dead in order to help heal the living. And um, there was a comment, I don't want to misquote anyone, but uh, Gil said something to the effect of that this is the part that the chaplains don't have to worry about. The chaplains work with the emotional and spiritual support rather than the um, physical, like the doctors do the the bodies, something to that effect. Uh, And then being in the retreat setting was very connecting for the cohort. Uh, We did a lot of bonding by working together and kind of living together for those days. And there was a lot of enthusiasm that we brought and a lot of new enthusiasm that was born of the retreat. Most of my thunder has already been taken care of, so uh, <laughs> the retreat happened in our two months, so that was one of them, the retreat, and the wonderful uh, commitment made by everyone, and everyone showed up, and we thought that that was very powerful, and the bonding. Um, the other one was the, uh, and this has been discussed, the two papers, the uh, personal history, and then the dharmology of each of us, so we got to work off of one into the other. We also felt that the timing was perfect. It was halfway through and halfway to go, so it was a good place to really concentrate on where am I and what am I thinking. So, And I have to say there was a third that I really thought was great, very important, and it was part of a nice ending, but that Hawaiian chant was beautiful. Thank you. There was uh, some hesitation about uh, sharing this feedback because there was a great desire to be uh, to, to express gratitude to the teachers, um, and then we finally decided that we would share this feedback because we felt like it might be helpful for the next cohort. Uh, there was concern expressed about the fact that not all the teachers showed up on every class. There was a curiosity whether that impacted the container and also curiosity about whether had all the teachers showed up in every class, would that have contributed to more 
of the participants showing up at every class, uh, a lot of appreciation for the retreat because everyone showed up. And we had a couple of suggestions. One was, um, one was, well, everybody show up. But the second was probably more valuable, which is that the teachers um, model what was requested from the participants in terms of uh, sharing with the group if they weren't going to show up. Was there any feedback on what worked well? You've got that. Teach the retreat. Sorry, I kind of located in, in one person based on the other set. Okay, thank you. So in March, we it was about um, the theme was the perfection of patience or Kanti, and um, began with a meditation by Paul and a discussion or a brief Dharma talk by Paul about the perfection of patience. Then we got into small groups to discuss the different aspects of patience, um, namely being acceptance, perseverance, endurance, and forgiveness. And the second part of the morning was about personal integration for chaplains. Um, so, for example, Christina talked about what is the impact of providing spiritual care, for example, on one's personhood or identity, the impact on one's own spiritual practice, the impact on one's health and relationships. And Jennifer talked about how can one integrate and address this impact. I believe I have notes on self-care, so I think... Um, that was um, kind of on how to, just taking the time for rest, taking the time to process um, and to process any um, uh, energies or emotions that we have from our um, volunteering or work as, cha- as chaplains and um, how to find time for rejuvenation. So I think that was for the morning. And then the afternoon we got into um, dyads where one person, um, role-playing, where one person is the chaplain and the other person talks about their personal issues around being a chaplain. Um, And then we had another exercise, kind of like a repeating question on how do you suffer. So we um, opened, we had a discussion on how to um, opening to suffering, practicing with suffering. And I believe Gil says something like being aware of the stories that you tell about the pain. Um, or difficult emotions. Um, so our own relationship to suffering, basically. And we ended with a forgiveness ritual. I believe we also did an f- exercise on forgiveness. And um, forgi- forgiveness for parts of our own lives that might need forgiveness. And, yeah, and I have... Um, there's a, We t- also eventually talked about some things that we thought could be improved in the chaplaincy program, and, but I will go back to that. After um, for April, the parami was perfection of truth, uh, and so uh, Gil gave a talk on truth. I don't have notes or any, that many note, but I'll I'll just run through what the program was. Um, and uh, there was an exercise on uh, opening to suffering. Uh, 
Now, here it mentions how do you suffer, but I thought we did it in March. But it's mentioned here again. I think we just kind of went back to it. Uh, what was nice, uh, I liked, was I like to have whenever we have the outside speakers. So this was a time when Walt Opie came and talked about addiction. Uh, so it had more to do, and a lot of the readings in March, uh, some of the books had to do, those were when we focused on the prison work. And there were several books for there, and so Walt following that was pretty good because then for those of us who do work in the prison rather than the hospital setting, um, quite enjoyed that. Uh, and then ritual. Uh, for me, personally, it was just a reminder how important. And then we finished on the ritual when we had the blessing of the hands. So just as a, an actual experience of ritual. And so anytime there's hands-on or there's... Uh, you know, as talking about what's what we're, we're really good is whenever we got a chance to share our own experiences, either from our volunteer work, uh, etc. Um, so that was April. I sorry, I don't have a lot more that impre- impressed me on that, except for the speaker. So as a group, we also talked about um, what things worked for us and didn't work so well for us for the program. And one thing that we came up with that might be a point to improve for the chaplaincy program is to have a consistency of having maybe one mentor, one teacher as a mentor throughout the year rather than several meeting with several different people so that we have a chance to um, kind of get to know that person and they have a, get, have a chance to get to know us. We have a greater chance to build a relationship and build trust with that person. It could be the same person who does our, who reads our papers so that they know um, our thought processes. Um, yeah. Did you guys want to add anything else? Anything I missed? Um, did you have a positive? Yeah. <laughs> I I really enjoyed the, the anointing. That's for me personally. The because I received the oil and it was came during a day when I think I really needed it. Um, I really enjoyed the group, uh, especially like the interactive exercises, whether it was in small groups or in pairs, because that's what made. Um, it was experiential. It made an imp- emotional impact on me, and that's kind of what I carry with me mm-hmm. after the pr- the day long is over. Because we only see each other once a month, so that's when I look back on the program. Kind of like those those are the things that pop up in my memory the most easily because mm-hmm. there's an emotional resonance. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else want to share? That's good. We talked about how much we enjoy each other. House, that yeah, as a favorite part, and I just want to say out loud, I think there's a profound amount of wisdom, individually and collectively, among the four of you, and I've just your talks have enriched me. I, I'm just really, really grateful. Mm, thanks so much. Yeah, and I thanks couldn't. I would. I, I I was afraid to write stuff down because I was afraid I would miss something but there are words in my notes that I are like need to go on my refrigerator for a year or something Mm. so thank you for that yeah
wisdom, generosity, and peace. The takeaways that, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, oh yeah, I can tell the difference. Sorry about that. Did everybody get the four kinds of resolve? Do I need to repeat that? No? Okay. Um, and the takeaway was that resolve was this shift from attention into action, that it transforms intention into action. And there was a softness around resolve that I think Paul talked about that um, I found particularly um, effective and others did as well. Um, there's a dissolving it, and um, that resolve is what we stand on. That there was this, these two qualities and there was no, there, there's a not rigidity. Mm. So um, that, that was what we got out of resolve. Then the other talk was on this romantic attachment that um, Jennifer gave. And um, everybody felt that it was a very important subject, but that more needed to be said, um, that it focused on the romantic piece, but maybe not enough on power dynamics. Um, and apparently I wasn't the only one for whom this was true. Just the fact that it was brought up blew me out, like I, What? You know, and I guess I'm not the only one. So that was that was a really, um, you know, like who knew um, that it's part of being human, sexual attraction, and there's nobody to blame, or that it's very much a matter of volume. It's going to be there, maybe, and and you don't need to turn up the volume. Um, that we need to be more reflexive, more reflective in terms of this subject and more self-aware and remember that we always, always, always have to talk to somebody about this. So, and I'm noticing, we didn't talk about this, but I did notice on the um, um, agenda there was the Dharmology paper and I remember being in the small group talking about the Dharmology paper and that some of us, all of us, went, oh, wow, I could have said that. Or like, oh, man, I am really struggling with this paper, and thank you so much for talking about it. So that was a particularly effective small group for a lot of people, was to talk about the Dharmology paper before it was due. Um, and that's all that we talked about in terms of May. So just a minute, i got to June. Um, June was, the theme was the perfection of loving kindness. Um, Adam was missed by all except by Alan, who'd seen him the day before. that was the month that um, uh, Gil and Paul were here, and um, Paul and Gil both talked about um, the way it was phrased was the evolution of their centers of, of IMS 
and the evolution of the Zen Center um, and um, what their communities offer. But they both mentioned that um, at uh, Paul had specific examples from uh, City Center and Gill from Spirit Rock not being so good at being um, at outreach and being in touch with non-residents. Um, and so I think that was, at least for me and I think for others, that was also uh, like, hmm, how can my community be better at that? Um, and how can I connect better, follow up with Sangha members that I haven't seen for three, four weeks, months, you know? Um, making, oh, Paul also talked about making up rituals that are um, important in our culture but are not necessarily part of, like they don't have naming rituals, um, but we can make them up is part of the Buddhist, um, I don't know, dharmology, whatever, part of, part of what we do. Um, christening, you know, just all sorts of different kinds of things. Um, at some point it wasn't during this month, but we'd had the Jizo ceremony. And so, um, you know, that's something that could easily be brought into our culture. Um, then we had a talk about multi-faith, competence for spiritual caregiving. Um, We didn't have a whole lot of comments on that, so y'all jump in if I'm missing. I didn't write a bunch on that. Um, But the problem, the the issue that we felt was that there was only, there wasn't really multi-faith. It was about Christianity. And so there wasn't... A really a multi-faith component there. There was a Christian component. Um, there was an interesting, though, example that she had in it, what do you do when somebody says, are you saved? And that we had some really interesting responses to it, and everybody remembers Beth's which is, God, I love Jesus, you know. Um, so, and the fact that you can reflect back and say, well, you know, yeah, certainly, Jesus is wonderful. What's your relationship? And so that was what we remembered about that particular talk. Um, okay. Um, then what we thought positive has already been talked about, the retreats and the field trips, Um Somebody mentioned this, uh, uh, and we all agreed, um, was that it was great eating lunch together. It was just, like, really nice. That was, like, kind of this bonding thing, so we really liked that. Um, We liked the idea of the small groups, and some of them started out, you know, quite well, and many of them kind of fell apart at the end. So we liked the idea of it, but it wasn't really effective. Or it was effective, but it didn't really like hold together. Um, what could we improve? Um, nobody mentioned, we all mentioned this, and nobody hasn't really mentioned this, so we weren't going to mention it, but I am going to mention it now. <laughs> <laughs> Is to, the readings are like, need maybe to be updated a little bit. Um, 
Not all of them, of course, but um, and not 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 the books so much, but maybe some of the readings. Um, and that we wanted a little more dynam- dynamism, is that the word? Mm-hmm. Where there's a little more action. Uh, there was one month where we were standing up in a group and some doing some stuff. So um, there's a lot of sitting. So maybe a little more, a little more activity. Um, so that's pretty much what I had in my notes. Anything else you all want to share? Okay, thank you. That's it. Um, any other comments uh, you just feel you personally want to make? In particular, like your, your sense of the overview of something that was significant for you as a person and your development as a chaplain or something that was um, challenging or would really have helped you as a person? I yes. Think, um, for me, it's basically... Uh, um, when Beth said, uh, the wisdom of you, you're the teachers, yeah. um, I would add to that the humanness and the love. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> The um, the other one was the small groups when we got together, um, and we did activities that were really uh, heartfelt. Uh, we went to um, Mercy Center on the first Friday. They have a Taze service, and that was just really beautiful and something we all loved together. Um, so, those are the two things. Oh, thank you so much. I just wanted to uh, second, it's been mentioned, but the, I thought the Jesus ceremony was really important and enlightening. Yeah. Mm. I just wanted to say thank you all for your generosity and all of you in so many ways, just your generosity of presence and bringing all of who you are here it's been so inspiring and deeply nourishing and I just yeah I just feel so much gratitude for all of you and I love you all thanks Thanks. Um, I really grateful for the thought that was put into the way that the program was structured with the readings and the reflections, the action reflections, and then the talks. Like, I don't know if you guys did it on purpose or if it just lined up for me, but like every time I came to class, you guys answered questions that I'd been carrying with me for that month. So, and it just kept unfolding and unfolding. And there was so much encouragement to reflect back and reflect back. And that changed my like outlook and it continues to so i really really appreciate that process very much thanks a lot yeah i i agree i didn't mention this i think we said it in the small group but um writing the papers 
for me was um, I'm, I'm not a journalist. I've never I've never done any of that stuff. But doing these writings for me was really effective, really, really effective. And um, I'm not sure in what way I'll continue doing that, but I understand now that that is, that is a process that is extremely helpful, and I'm really glad to have that introduced into my life. And, and um, I'll figure out a way to continue with that. I also want to express my heartfelt gratitude for um, the teachers. Thank you so much. It's been an absolutely fantastic year, and it grew so much during this year time period. And also the community. Um, we became a family during this time period. And I've been hosting a our local community online. Now I'll extend a new meeting to the whole group, and I'll send out an invite for those who would like to continue on on a monthly basis. And it's really difficult because we all have different schedules, different times, but we'll try to make it work where at least the majority can go to. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted, someone talked about the wisdom of the teachers, and I really wanted to echo that. And how much I benefited from your experience, the depth of your practice, um, and your wisdom, and how beneficial the mentorship calls were for me, that I felt very supported. Um, Every teacher really helped me build my confidence. Um, And and in combination with the the feedback I got from my reader, so the the teacher support really made a difference for me. And I feel like the uh, cohort support, too, like the wisdom within the cohort um, was the, kind of like the, the other leg in the stool that really helped help me build my confidence, the wisdom and the love in the, in the cohort, my buddy and my small group and everybody. So thank you so much. Um, in some way with this sort of program I can have ideas about what might happen or what I might get but in some way I can't know (laughs) and in some way I still don't know but I feel how I've been affected how I've been impacted kind of showing up in different ways still and I think mm-hmm. still, and still. <laughs> so uh, tremendous gratitude for the teachers and your um, humility and sincerity and um, wholeheartedness and, um, and for the group for holding, a, yes, family and connection. Um, and the... Uh, just the invitation for reflection that was brought through the many different pieces of this program and how it keeps sort of twisting and unraveling. Um, And I feel myself impacted and and affected, yeah. 
Um, one particular reflection recently is empathy versus compassion. And a daily basis in terms of my work practice and my life practice and kind of this kind of refinement between which one is useful at a particular time, beginning to realize just in a more nuanced way when empathy is actually a problem and compassion is helpful and when actually empathy is connection and compassion is is not as helpful. So it's that's just been rolling around the last month um, in my uh, interactions with people. Um, and that's come out of these reflections. So just to give a specific... Uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. I want to have one suggestion, but that's not all I'm going to say. Um, that you add to the group agreements something about being aware of the conditions that impact um, speaking order and distribution of speaking time in small group and large group, such as uh, sexism and racism. Um, Yeah, there's something about distribution of speaking time that I'm always wishing for. And I love the times when the teachers would say, is there anybody who hasn't said anything yet? who would like to say something, because usually the people who've been quiet for a long time had something very beautiful to say. Um, There's something about, this is to the teachers, but to everyone, about the purity and space in your unconditional attention that I always learn from and deeply agree appreciate. I feel like parts of me were able to come forward when it was safe to do so. Mm. So thank you, all of you, for that. And I just want to say that I I so want to say to each of you, there's this I'm going to never forget about you. There's that. Oh yeah, you, I'm never going to, there's pieces, parts of you I'm going to take with me Mm. forever. We have that. And there's tomorrow, I'm also going to go, oh, crap, I forgot to say this about how much I love about the, us as a group and about each of you. So thank you very much for the ways that my life is different because of you. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. We never know quite what we've left with people, even here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still hate the microphone, also. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I wanted to thank you all, all teachers and cohort. Um, the presence and community that we have created is unique and invaluable. Um, and yes, so thank you. I, I liked, uh, caters, uh, you know, I, I echo many of the, of the gratitude sentiments for the work and heart that you put into it. But I liked that cater also added humility, um, cause that's really important to me. Um, and I think you all embody that or, uh, share that with us. Um, I would just ask, which I did share with you privately, but um, 
for more diversity in the reading uh, in the writing assignments. Um, I think in particular the Dharma reflections were are kind of tired. Um, or, I mean, I think people got tired of them sort of quickly. And I think there's, I just think there's so much opportunity to fine tune the program just a little bit to make it really much more sort of enriching and exceptional. Um, and I would also say the same, more diversity in terms of like, uh, I think small groups and dyads were very, are and were very powerful, but toward the end, to me, they felt tired and even like today's, um, the reflection on the two months in the small group didn't feel a particular, like this conversation feels enriching and important, but that exercise felt tired. Um, so, and I, I also echo the sentiment of finding a space to create, to discuss and share about our writing experience, maybe in those small groups and to, um, share about our clinical work. Um, that feels really important. Could I ask you a question, Emily? Sure. When you, when you use the word tired, mm-hmm. could you say a little bit more about what that means to you? Um, I didn't... <laughs> yeah. Um, they felt rote and uninspired and uninspiring um, to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, that was clear. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think the idea of diversity um, came up for me. It would have been um, uh, helpful or actually enriching to find out how different cultures within our in our community here, mm-hmm. how they uh, deal with... Uh, grieving and death and dying. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought, uh, for my community, I thought I would um, uh, organize a uh, group to go up to the Castro and spend some time in the Castro and seeing how the queer community live and how they deal with life. And Mm -hmm. I also thought of organizing a group to a 12-step meeting Mm -hmm. that are open. Um, It was surprising. At Elmwood, we have a monthly meeting and um, the uh, head chaplain uh, said, how many of you chaplains have been to a 12-step meeting? I was the only one that raised my hand out to 20 people. Mm. Hmm. Mm. What's that about? So, mm. Great. If I, if I could just interject. Sure. Um, so in terms of diversity, it, it is something where... Th- we are keenly aware of, and, and if you have any connections for us, you know, introductions, uh, we, we, would, we would be grateful for them, and particularly chaplains from different kind of backgrounds who can present their experience. That, that's, that is something we're on the lookout for. And then also how to keep reaching out in, in presenting the course to different communities so that that can happen to the enrichment of diversity on the course participants. Go ahead. Um, Well, it's related to that, but I'm I'm also aware of time, so I don't know, is it okay to 
Continue. Go ahead. Okay. We're, we're going to stop in a couple yeah. of minutes. This um, seems like a valuable conversation. Yeah. For me, and I, I might be forgetting someone or a guest speaker or something, but it still feels like um, a loss that there wasn't an African, nobody of African descent in the cohort. And I don't know if we had any speakers of African descent or African immigrants, I don't think, that were in in the speakers, um, guest speakers. And, and it's living in the Bay Area, it's the African-American community, the African immigrant community is, is an important part of our larger community that uh, we engage with as friends, as people who are in hospitals and prisons everywhere. So I think for me that was like a, a gap. Um, and would like to see outreach uh, specifically to African-American and African immigrants. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. And, and just, just, just to say, we are aware of the gap. Okay. And, and, and we welcome any information. You know, you say, well, you could try this organization or that organization, or I personally know this person and I could make an introduction for you. We would welcome that sort of information and connection. Yeah, and to follow up on that, Paul, um, this is something that seems like every Sangha is having this conversation and so many organizations, and we've been talking about it too at Zen Hospice Project. Um, there's a woman from the East Bay, and I'm forgetting her name. I'll grab it and get it to you all, that's doing a lot of work, and I think she's done some work with you all at the Zen Center. Um, but it's not unique to this course or this program. It's something... That certainly a lot of sanghas. You mean are one of the teachers at the East Bay Sangha? I was thinking it was the East Bay Sangha that uh, this particular Mushin? woman came from. Yeah, I'll double check, but I'll share with you offline and okay. with each of you. Sure, thanks. Okay. So we do need to stop, but I don't mean to st- prevent anyone from sharing something else that they'd like to say at this time. That occurred to me right now. It would be really nice if we had a field trip to, um, uh, uh, like, a different religious temple that we don't normally um, mm-hmm. have experience of. Like, um, a lot of us are Buddhist, or maybe have a Christian background or upbringing, but maybe like a Muslim mosque or um, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Mm or a Hindu temple or something like that. That mm. was something I was kind of planning for our small group, but it didn't quite come together. But it would be really nice to go as a group, yeah. and especially because there's a lot of um, targeted hatred of Muslims right now. So it would be really nice to do that. Just yeah. mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay. Okay, so we'll stop. And if you have any more suggestions with regards to that, or there's anything else that occurs to you tomorrow, you know, you could contact us. <laughs> okay. And thank you so much for your, your input. That's really helpful. So we'll take an hour for lunch. Come back at um, quarter to, to two.